Welcome back to the Blue Hour. Uh, this is our second, or actually third, second recording session, third episode that is in person. Yep. And our last one for a little bit. Um, it is December 11th, time of recording, and we are basically just going to spend this episode talking about recapping this year as far as AI, <laughs> and then talking about what we think will happen next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rip us off with uh, with the year in review. Yeah. At least get us started. Because I feel like I've, I was later to the game and haven't used it as much. Or I didn't use it as much in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Until much later, like May, June. And yeah. even then it wasn't like GPTs weren't available. I don't think I signed up for Plus until August. So, you dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. January, January 2023. Uh, ChatGPT had been available, but only using the 3.5 model. So it was different. There was no paid version. Um, there were a lot of people shipping products and startups and a lot of like open AI wrapper apps. Uh, it was like the big rage. And then relatively quiet until March when GPT-4, that was probably like the first really big announcement. Um that came out and with that was chat GPT plus and kind of like a new time for chat GPT because GPT four could do a lot more. It's better at coding. That was uh, better at reasoning. So basically better across the board, which is wild. Um, and after that, I think Bing chat launched, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically built on top of open AI and then Bard launched, and then ChatGPT came out with plugins as a beta, and Bing browsing, uh, and then later Code Interpreter. So just additions where you could search the internet, use third-party apps directly in ChatGPT, and then actually run code in it and like analyze files, which is wild. Um, and then there's a bit of a lull I'd say throughout the year, or at least as far as the big guys. I mean, there was like announcement after announcement after announcement. Yeah. It was, <laughs> there's been a shit ton of stuff that's happened. Basically people jockeying to create things faster for, you know, creating images, video, um, chat GPT later on came out with GPT four V, which was kind of even more recent, uh, but like a vision version where, you know, you can, a lot of people are creating things that you basically live stream a video and then it describes what's happening. So there's a lot of things that are happening in that. ChatGPT came out with voice, so you can use voice in their app. Um, Bard came out with, you know, being able to use the Google Suite as plugins. I haven't seen a lot of people use that, but you can actually like create docs, upload your, or update your calendar, send emails, stuff like that directly from Bard. Microsoft came out with like an enterprise copilot and they rebranded Bing chat to copilot. Uh, they put Dolly in it. Um, they have a plan to put a lot more into that. We'll see more, I'm sure, but um, it is integrated in their entire suite if you pay for enterprise or teams. So basically like the big companies are all, oh, Facebook and Llama. I don't know. Do you, how would, yeah. Why don't you get in on this? <laughs> I don't, you know. Just let me go. What is it's good? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that's happened. Yeah, there's a ton. What, what sticks out to you? Yeah, a lot of also companies are raising 
like smaller startups are raising money to, to build on top of this stuff. I know that there's some very niche things happening in the medical space and the legal space and companies are raising without really much documentation on what they're building, which is interesting. Yeah. Kind of like a hype cycle is following the yeah. large companies, which is to be expected, but also have definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this year, Microsoft invested 12 billion into open AI. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. But even much smaller tickets than that. Yeah. Like obviously it doesn't get any bigger than that, but um so much money. Yeah, it's crazy. But and then there are these small, very small, very lean companies that are deciding not to be bootstrapped and want to raise a ton of money to to be able to potentially, I guess, like use things like JSTOR and different different data sources and be able to pay for those subscriptions or negotiate those deals, I guess, with more leverage or be able to hire people to be able to get more access to better data or larger data sets to be able to pull from, like JSTOR specific to the legal realm or uh, or that's at least what I thought of. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of copycatting. I, that Bard announcement last week that we had discussed was sort of then we had spoken about that video, or maybe we didn't even mention Gemini. It, but, yeah, no, we, yeah. Or I don't know if we mentioned the video, but we yeah. talked about Gemini for sure. And then that video ends up being like a hoax, apparently. Like post production <laughs> was done in serious like quantities, so it was not nearly as efficient or effective as as people had thought based on that video. Which is really interesting because then I saw an open source version this this weekend that uses the API from ChatGPT four that can do every single function. <laughs> so it's kind yeah. of funny, kind of, <laughs> kind of ironic. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I think that there's. I think it's like it's a lot like crypto, and that there's this mat. Like there's just so much hype around really cool announcements, but also I think that. There's a lot of talk and not as much actual practical stuff. Like, you know, like even just going through X and using Grok to search for the way that people are using Code Interpreter, or the way that people are using um, a lot of this stuff or building GPTs. I, I, there isn't that much information out there. There are definitely people building GPTs, but I don't know. I'm just a little bit underwhelmed. I, I When you go on X, there's so much stuff. There's so much of people talking about what's going on. And it's usually the daily headlines, so to speak, like there's very little, like it's very narrow focused on the daily on X, it seems. And, and I think that, um, I don't know. I think that there is this, especially with something like understanding how to best leverage it for whatever your specific use case is, whether it's data analytics or, or even just like making your reporting easier, which is something we've been talking a lot about. I think that there isn't that much practical stuff being shared on that as much as it's a lot of opinion about AGI. I think there's been a lot of hype around people being scared or at least saying they're scared. <laughs> yeah. right? And like, but no one really knows, at least from a layperson perspective, I'd love to talk to somebody who really knows what they're talking about, about that. But, you know, other than like Ilya and Elon and Sam, like I don't really know that everybody has a strong, well, well-informed well informed opinion about the actual security risks of AGI. I don't, I don't really know. It seems like everyone, everyone wants to have an opinion in the same way that everybody wants to have, you know, two years ago, some NFT collection, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's weird. If you look at actual products that have shipped outside of like ChatGPT or uh, Bard or Bing Chat or Copilot, or some of the, like, I don't really ha- dig into other products that much just because my focus is all chat GPT. But I'd say 
from what I can tell, or at least people I talk to in my everyday life, there's not a whole lot of things coming out that are getting crazy users like the main ones. Yeah. When in reality, these main chatbots are cool, but they're not really the best. They're very broad. Uh, it's like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't go as deep into something as most apps could. And I'm not seeing a lot of like this year has been cool. And a lot of crazy stuff has happened. And all of the like people raising money without actually having a fully fledged product yet is crazy. Definitely. Uh, but it's like very early days for AI. It feels like, and it all happened very fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's in retrospect, like this year feels like it's been three years. I definitely think it's more useful of a tech than something like crypto sort of proved to be in my experience, just because, you know, I have used, <laughs> I have used Bitcoin to make actual physical transactions but uh, but I'm a really 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 that, that's not very common. Yeah. Um. It's almost like it's anecdotal, and people think it's so unique that that's the case. It usually gets for some eyebrow raises. You know, if you buy a motorcycle with Bitcoin or whatever, it, it, no one really goes, and unless you're in El Salvador, or Bitcoin Beach or whatever. But um, which I haven't been to, but everywhere else it seems just hypothetical. So this, in comparison, though, I actually get utility from every day. Like I, I actually do get. It's yeah. very useful. And that's a really big distinction. I think that there's a use case in crypto for gaming, which makes sense uh, to a certain extent. I've never been a gamer. That's, you know, other than Crash Bandicoot as a kid. Like, so it's very sort of abstract to me, but it makes sense logically. And then from a value the store value, that also makes sense to me. But that's, more, you know, finance is such a sort of, um, uh, it's very intangible in certain senses, whereas this is actually literally helping to, to accomplish daily tasks. And that's not really necessarily like I use Google, which is like, you know, recall or fact finding. Um, but it really is for me, it's the it's the ability to be more efficient with data analytics that I find the biggest use case for me personally. And I think that there are others, too, but there still is a large problem with trying to make sure that there's context enough for it to be really good at what you want it to do. And it's not easy to to reverse engineer how to be good at that, to do the prompt engineering component is it sounds simple. And people love to say that prompt engineering, I don't know, it, people have opinions about it, but don't seem to really actually be trying. I think that's <laughs> definitely something that the experts like Andrew, the guy, and Gene, I'm not sure that's his last name, but uh, he definitely always harkens on the fact that prompt engineering is absolutely the best place to start in terms of understanding how to get the most out of these models. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it's a better or more, it's going to end up being a more impactful technology. Maybe that's a bad way to say it, but it's definitely something I use daily. Whereas, you know, crypto, you can buy it daily, but ultimately in terms of the utility of it, it seems very abstract in comparison. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, it's not tied to like, I'm going to buy it so I can get rich. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm going to use it so that I can save time, be more efficient, do things I've never done before. I mean, I couldn't really code. I couldn't build an app before this year. Yeah. And now I feel confident I can build an app. I mean, you know, I built an app with our product that gets, you know, thousands and thousands of users and value. And it's something that I think people will realize. I think we're very early to realize that there's things that we can do with AI that we weren't able to do before. And I see next, like, that's maybe jumping to next year first, but. I, that isn't going to be the minority opinion in a few years. I think yeah. people will finally figure out and people will build products where people get use out of 
AI and we already have a taste, a lot of very mouthful, like savory taste of how crazy it's going to be when you could do 90% of your job and 10% of the time. And what that means for how we approach work, the things that we do, the ways that we spend our time. Like I, you know, I think a lot of people figured out this year that uh, <laughs> there's value in getting the work done, not in the act of actually doing it, you know? Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I like, I'm excited for. Yeah. It also kind of compounds on the, on the COVID notion yeah. that's like in the office versus out of the office and accountability and what work means. It's interesting. Um, I think it definitely sort of like is a, a lot of gasoline on that fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're this year is like a huge step forward to, you know, we talked about it yesterday, two days ago that McDonald's was potentially testing out AI drive through workers who take your order. Um, that's wild. And that's something like a year ago would have been like, how would that even work? Yeah. A year and a half ago. And now it's like, Oh no, that could work now probably. And might actually be better. And even though those people, who really love their job at the drive through, like, you know, they have the opportunity to not have to work there and maybe find something else to do. And AI could help with that. I don't know. You know, I don't think everybody who loses their job to an AI, like in a drive through like that is going to go try and work in AI, but they could yeah, <laughs> and they should, you know, like there's more opportunities in new technology, which, you know, I wasn't early to any other technological wave. <laughs> And then just why we're anybody who's involved now is like wildly early because although it feels like there's a million things going on and on social media, people like to talk and like throw out opinions like, you know, they <laughs> for I, people just love throwing out opinions, but it's still so wildly early. And anybody who's involved in it or using it now is well positioned for the next X amount of years where being good at prompt engineering, talking to AI figuring out how to do things that you want to do with AI that you couldn't do before or that were harder to do before just because of access to information and access to a partner to do that with. Um, it's going to be wild. Yeah, seriously. It's sort of reminiscent of, uh, I remember learning Ruby on rails, uh, eight years ago and it being presented as a, a step forward in the evolution of, how to write code in a way that is very assumptive and it, it doesn't require a foundational cons- computer science degree that you needed to study four years in classes to understand. Right. Whereas like a C sharp or, or um, even a Java or even JavaScript to a certain extent would require understanding of libraries and understanding of, of uh, sort of the, the way that these files are actually architected. And with Ruby on rails and you just, you know, I think you, it's literally create rails in the command line after installing the libraries and it'll create an entire web app for you with, with the, the model, the view and the controller. And, and that I remember sort of making me feel almost like I was cheating in the beginning, but then as you build things, you realize, wow, this is actually really great. And I, I don't have to be the foundation. I don't have to understand the infrastructure in order to be able to build a web app, which is very empowering. And this is another step in that. It's even like a massive jump in that it feels. Um, I'm sure that there are more assumptive languages than Ruby on Rails now. At the time, it was Rails 4. I think it's up to Rails 7 something now. So a lot of change there, I'm sure. But And there have probably been newer models or newer languages and frameworks that are more assumptive than that example. But that's the last time I really got my hands dirty in coding. And then in this, it's just it, it, 
it's even more simple to do than ever before because uh, you just need to know how to write in English. I saw someone say that the new programming language, which is a lot of engineers will talk about that. Stack Overflow puts out an annual developer survey that's 50 pages and you know very detailed. And somebody wrote the new the new software language is English because that's lot, what yeah. all you need to know in order to in order to build a web app now. It's pretty amazing. It is crazy. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And until I've talked about it more in earlier episodes and I've talked to some people who actually are developers for their full-time job where I was talking about building and like, you still need a lot of effort to go in when you're coding with it, but it's possible, you know, like building, not really knowing Python that well, and then writing an app in two days that works really well. Yeah. It was very hard before this. Yeah, my gosh. Yeah. You get instant access to answers, instant code generation. You can put errors in. It's wild. Um, and I do, I think anybody who speaks English is at a great advantage, right? Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think that the best thing or the thing that you found most useful in the year one was in this first year was uh, the ability to like, 100x or whatever your software engineering skills yeah i think coding for me was the biggest i mean it's wild yeah you know i can do things and build things and uh assess problems and get instant answers to questions uh and actually build something that works really well and scales like being able to do that is such a huge advantage for 20 dollars a month yeah exactly you know that skill is now $20 a month plus time that you spend on it, which is crazy. So yeah. How about you? That's a good one. Yeah. I think I read a lot about people using it for writing and I haven't found it useful for that really, honestly myself, but I think it's because of the the whole reason I want to get better at writing or to write is because I want to go through the struggle that is having to actually put pen to paper and write. And it's like trying to, I used an analogy not long ago that I wouldn't, outsource the watching of a movie to somebody else. That's sort of how I think about writing with ChatGPT. It's definitely helpful in terms of writer's block and ideating and being creative. And I use it a lot speaking out loud for that reason. But in terms of the actual process of writing, I, I, I don't use it really for that. Although I thought I might when I first was reading about everything. Yeah. But for me, it's definitely about um, understanding and leveraging data better and, and using code interpreter. And that is definitely the majority of my use case uh, yeah uh, in in everything professionally that i do there's definitely data components that are the actual insights you can get are sort of obfuscated and you have to kind of dig for them and without knowing how to write python it had been a lot of excel formulas and trying to understand how to calculate things well and um you know it's it, so I think for me, it's definitely been in the ability to use the Python that it creates and to ask in just normal normal English how to do and calculate certain things and whether or not I'm calculating things correctly. When I feed it a spreadsheet, I can ask questions of that. So it's pretty amazing. I don't think I'd be able to do the a lot of like the CFO and accounting work without it. I think it'd be much, it would have been a much larger learning curve. Although, like you said, it really, it, it still is a lot of work and you have to be interested in it, even Prompt engineering, like when you're writing these GPTs and you're messing around on the back end with a configure, it can, it's a, you know it's as frustrating as anything else that you really want to do, and it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, so it's like not 
Yeah. It's not like a layup. Uh, I don't know. But it's it is. not like what people would want it to be. Is like, I want this to work yeah. instantly. Uh, it's definitely not. Yeah. No. Which is okay. You know, that's why I think we're getting good at it. Yeah. Um, because you have to, pre, you know, practicing. But it is definitely not. It's not like, a, you know, it's like butter. You know, it's like it definitely is a little harder than yeah. we're making it out to be potentially. But the goal, like, <laughs> the upside is unbelievably high. Like, I would, I literally wouldn't be able to do any of this yeah. without it. So it's worth the struggle. I know. It's <laughs> like it, you can, and maybe in the future it'll be easier, but you can, to, I think the key takeaway from 2023 is you can do so much more but you still have to do a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not going to hold your hand and you have to ask questions. It's not going to, yeah. Earlier this year, a big thing was AI agents. And yeah. very early on at the time we were starting to talk about AI on here, yeah. people, one of these autonomous agents that you give it one thing and it goes and does a bunch of different things for you. That is not there yet. <laughs> Nor will, I think we still have plenty of time until you can say, you know, write a write blogs for the entire year for my company and it just goes and does it yeah. like you need a lot more context information detail and you need humans in the in the loop to make sure that things aren't messed up and that it's actually what you want otherwise you know it's not there definitely yeah yeah it's yeah agents are like but i feel like we're right on the like to a certain extent like when i'm building these gpts i are agents to a certain extent like I'm able to tell it that it'll, you know, for this style of, you know, when I type in the number one and I provide a spreadsheet, go through, you know, provide me with these outputs specifically and then summarize them in a chart and also provide me with a new document with well, separating all the values into renewals versus net new. And then, you know, for the, for the renewals or even the churn, which is a different spreadsheet, uh, add rows where there isn't churn for days with, with non or with, with zero values. That's a weird thing to have to explain and understand how to reverse engineer it to get it to do that. But once it starts to do that, it's pretty amazing that it can, you literally just hit, if you do it properly, you hit the number two, provide a spreadsheet, and then it spits out those outputs for you in a matter of minutes. Um, it feels very agent like to me. Yeah. Um, like it's doing actions on your behalf. Exactly. Like minor, act, like smaller, tasks rather than full yeah like go do a bunch of shit yeah yeah exactly yeah i see the difference but i definitely love the fact that i can automate it which feels like that when i first heard about what that could be i was like oh wow that's amazing and i feel like i already have that yeah you know i guess that my understanding was maybe sort of low level but yeah i I think that's what it should be yeah i don't think people should be expecting (laughs) that ai is going to take care of everything for them yet right yeah you know and i think it's better that way yeah 